0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Good morning, beloved family. How are you doing today? I pray that you're well. It's wonderful to be with you as always. The sun is shining in Tulsa, and the sun, S-O-N, is shining wherever you are. Um, We're just thrilled uh, to be able to uh, continue and get together five days a week and have the freedom yet to speak the faith, uh, uh, to live our faith, to live our faith. And you know, we had... Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to see it. Hold on a second. I may get through it. Um, we had a question yesterday um, on vaccinations of a, of someone who wrote in and was quite um, upset, understandably, uh, as to why the Catholic schools require, I think it's the CDC, I looked it up, um, it's the government Schedule of vaccinations. Let me see if I can get it again. CDC. There it is. Vaccination schedule for children. Um, You probably know what it stands for more than I do. Uh, It's the official immunization schedules for children. Uh, uh, Preteens, teens and adults for healthcare Care Professionals. It stands for Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And um, a number of the schools, the Catholic schools, follow that schedule. And <clears throat> I forget how many, it's something in the 70s, vaccinations are required um, from birth to uh 18, I think. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think I read it yesterday. I'm not quite sure now offhand. But um, I was... Um, oh, I, I do have it here. I do have it here. Hold on a moment. Um, uh, okay. Rather than read this, it's the facts on the use of vaccinations. Um, and you can get much of this from the Catholic... Bio, uh National Catholic Bioethic Center, um, NCBCenter dot org, I believe, on the on the internet. And I got an email yesterday. What I answered was, um, I don't I don't know that anyone that the schools, the Catholic schools, who don't receive government aid, who are not subject to government rules, that they have to. Uh, have those vaccinations, especially uh, since a good number of vaccinations, I think specifically measles, rubella, and I forget what else I read yesterday. I didn't read it to study it, but just to get the information, um, that they're made from aborted baby parts. And I said, no, uh, we never need to go against our conscience, and that is immoral. Those vaccinations might save diseases and plagues, but the fact is we don't um, uh, we don't do evil uh, to get good. We don't do that, and so um, I know that the Catholic Church has allowed that um, because there's no other alternative. If some vaccinations, there's no other way for them to be manufactured. Um, the Catholic Church said in that case it's okay. My heart does not say it's well. It's not the Catholic Church. I think it's the USCCB, the uh, the uh, bishops in America, the USCCB uh, Conference of Bishops in America. I my heart could never rest with that, um, and so I have not read this yet. But I I have an email uh, from someone yesterday. And I'm going to see if I didn't plan on um, reading it to you. And so I didn't keep it. But here it is. I want to see. Uh, it's from a woman who um, gave me the article that I'm going to read to you and I will read it to you. Um, and then she wrote back and she said, um, this is uh, her priest's response. Um or at least the priest of the uh, Catholic Bio-Es- Essex Center. Um, and it's a third point that he's made, which says, because vaccinations are critical to preventing very serious life-threatening diseases and to safeguarding large segments of the population from cataclysmic outbreaks and epidemics. And the sentence starts with because So, again, I'm let me see if it's in this article. Uh, Yes, it's the last point in the article, the morality of vaccinating our children. So I haven't read that. I'm going to read it with you online because uh, not a few people are affected by this. And um, and Catholics do not want to be using aborted baby parts. I recall the life of uh, St. Vincent de Paul. He came into the city uh, where he was to be the new priest, and it was uh, walled up. Nobody would open their windows to him or doors because it was a plague, and many people died from it. So this is true that uh, outbreaks of critical diseases cause plagues, but it will never justify murdering a baby in her mother's womb or his mother's womb in order to make a vaccine to save lives. You don't kill one life to save others. Um, if you're at war and you, and a, a soldier jumps on a grenade and kills himself, um, in order to save all his comrades, this is another thing. And, uh, is that moral? It's, it's a heroic act, but he had the choice to do that. A baby has no choice. Um, And we have no right to take a life at any stage. So let me try to, uh, I think I need a magnifying glass for this article. I'm gonna, I'm gonna squint to read it to you. Okay. And again, it's by Father Tad, um, oh, I can't pronounce his name. It's, looks Polish. P A C H O L C Z Y K. Uh, I don't have no idea. I'm so sorry. He's director of education for the National Catholic Bioethics Center. And the title of the article is the morality of vaccinating our children. I will read it to you. Many parents wonder whether they should be vaccinating their children. If the vaccines are produced in ways that involve the use of cells derived from an abortion performed 30 or 40 years ago. The Pontifical Academy for Life in Rome has addressed this topic and one of its documents from 2005. He says to make a vaccine, it is often necessary to use a cell line. These are special cells that can be grown endlessly in the labs. Cell lines are different from regular body cells, which may grow for a total of 70 or 80 doublings during a person's life, uh, during a person's lifetime, before they run out of means and die. Because, or rather, before they run out of steam and die, forgive my eyes here. Because cell lines grow practically forever... They are widely used in many research labs around the world. These lines can be obtained in morally acceptable ways or in immoral ways. Well, this is a good thing. And we know that stem cells, certainly adult stem cells, uh, uh, can be used morally. In most cases, Father writes, the use of these cells are not controversial As a graduate student, he says, I used a cell line obtained from a cancer that had been surgically removed from a four-year-old girl in 1970. The use of these cells did not raise any moral red flags since the cancer had been removed for medical reasons and since informed consent could be obtained from the girl's parents to use the cells for research. On the other hand, using cell lines derived from fetuses after an induced abortion raises a vexing moral problems. Informed consent cannot be validly obtained. It is clear, it is clearly not possible to ask fetuses themselves whether their tissues may be used after they are terminated. Murdered, beloved, murdered, not terminated. And the parents cannot give valid consent either. Parental consent given on behalf of a child always implies that parents have the best interests of the child in mind. Parents who choose abortion prove by that very fact that they no longer have the best interests of their child in mind, and they consequently lose the ability to give valid, informed consent for the use of their own child's organs or mortal remains, so far beloved this is perfect and it may be perfect to the end we're reading it together but uh i beg all parents to uh listen to this or go on to the national catholic bioethics center and type in the word vaccinations in the search box and and read this The father goes on. These uh, Thus, vaccines should not be prepared using cell lines from aborted fetuses. There you go. Nevertheless, a number of vaccines have been prepared in this way by various pharmaceutical companies using cell lines from abortions that happened 30 or 40 years ago. In some cases, these vaccines are the only ones available to inoculate against particular diseases, for example, chickenpox and rubella. Some parents worry that it seems immoral to vaccinate their children using vaccines made in this way. I personally, beloved, would think the same, even though it's 30, 40 years ago. Um the Pontifical Academy of Life document reaches a different conclusion namely that even when a vaccine is made from aborted material material you hear that aborted material and when no other form of the vaccine exists no other form of that vaccine exists Parents may indeed vaccinate their children now here's where i'm I'm parting from from this uh uh this priest and this organization but i'm parting um not on full information a part on ignorance because i'm going to read the rest of what he says here um when no other form of the vaccine exists, parents may indeed vaccinate their children. Um, I personally don't understand that. I, I personally, at the moment, don't understand that. This is not infallible teaching of the Church, beloved. So we're reading what is a very uh, what is an article from the the priest who is the head of the National Catholic Bioethics Center, to which I refer people. Quite often, it's very good. Okay, let me read now. In fact, many, in uh, in many instances, parents should feel a strong obligation to do so. Um, That is to vaccinate their children with 30, 40 year old vaccination, uh, the cells from them. The document also stresses that parents and others must apply pressure to pharmaceutical companies to reformulate their vaccines in lines from non-objectionable sources. If such alternatives already exist, parents should request that their doctors try to use those vaccines instead. Why then may parents morally choose to vaccinate their children with vaccines derived from aborted Material, I can't stand the thought of mater- the word material being used, aborted material, if this is the only source available. Three answers here, and I'll repeat the question. Why then may parents morally choose to vaccinate their children with vaccines derived from aborted material if this is the only source available, number one, because by doing so, they are not involved in any illicit form of cooperation with the original abortion. I'm going to finish reading point one before I comment. Many Catholic experts concur that cooperation today is not really possible in an event that was over and done with many years ago, because the abortion occurred long ago. And for reasons completely unrelated to vaccines, it is untenable to conclude that vaccine recipients today somehow cooperate in the original abortive event. I, I actually disagree with that. Um, no, by receiving a vaccine today i don 't agree with the statement, beloved uh, you are not participating uh in the original abortive event you You married parents weren 't even alive forty years ago it 's not an issue you 're not participating in that however you 're participating in the evil use of it you're using. If, you, if, if cells um, were used, stem cells were used from babies who died, uh, stillbirths, um, or babies who died shortly after birth, I wouldn't see any problem with that, as I don't see a, a difficulty with an adult donating organs and stem cells. But to use the stem cells from a child that was murdered, I believe we are participating in the abortion, even though we weren't even alive at the time. Um, I've said before, on an easier-to-understand scale, if we vote for a politician who uh, supports abortion, then we are contributing to the death of millions of children. And people say, no, I'm not. I'm personally against abortion, but I think he's the better candidate. You are participating in the murder of millions of children. If you put someone in office who could sign those laws, you are responsible for those abortions. Yes, you are. You could say you're one of millions who voted for it. You could say what you wish, but everyone is responsible. So if we're responsible for uh, the abortions in this country by putting a president in place who approves abortion and wants to make it Available at large. Why are we not responsible then for the results of that abortion when that murdered baby is going to be used for our selfish purposes? Is it selfish to give a child the vaccination to keep him alive? Yes. If it is used from a murdered baby, yes. Yes, it is selfish. You cannot bring good out of evil. You cannot. You cannot. God, we exist in time. Uh, God exists out of time. And in God, there's no past, present, or future. So we are responsible for uh, voting in politicians who will um, uh, put abortion in place. We are responsible for the use of those aborted babies, whether it's in cosmetics, which is widely, widely, wide, maybe the largest use of aborted babies—cosmetics, creams, and vaccinations—I think it's an evil. I think you mean you'd rather have our children die, Mother, Mar- Mother Miriam, than than to uh, uh, than give them a vaccination. I wouldn't rather have our children die, but yes, I would rather do away with abortion and have no one have the opportunity of seeing the good in it by saving lives. That's not an argument. Because, this is point number two now, because any risk of scandal, so number one, uh, back to the question, why then may parents morally choose to vaccinate their children with vaccines derived from aborted material if this is the only source. So, number one, um, uh, the father says, because by doing so they are not involved in any illicit form of cooperation with the original abortion. They are not. Of course, father's statement is correct, but they are involved with the illicit form of abortion. That continues today because people have made it a business. Uh, that we um, uh, benefit from, so to speak. Number two, because why should we, um, again, why then may parents morally choose to vaccinate their children uh, by this, from these materials, they say. Uh, number two, because any risk of scandal, which may arise when Catholics are When Catholics use these vaccines can be reasonably minimized by various steps. Here's again the the answer. Because any risk of scandal which may arise when Catholics use these vaccines can be reasonably minimized by various steps. Okay, I'm going to read what those are, but... risk of scandal is huge, but the, the perpetration of abortion by the use of aborted babies is, is more than scandalous. It is um, it's utterly immoral. And Father says this, scandal can be caused by doing something which has the appearance of evil even if it is not, in fact, evil. Those who choose to be vaccinated may provide the appearance of evil because of the remote abortion link, and others may take scandal from their decision. Traditionally, as such as the woman who emailed yesterday, traditionally, the, rem- uh, the remedy for this has involved educating those who might take scandal by, for example, explaining, one, the facts about vaccines, which apparently Father did in his initial introduction, um, the lack of any illicit cooperation on the part of the parents. Uh, illicit cooperation Uh, well, you're not cooperating illicitly if the church has approved it. The parents' frustration, even anger, regarding the lack of alternative morally divided vaccines. So one of the reasons um, the remedy for this scandal has involved educating those who might take scandal by, point three, The parents' frustration, even anger, regarding the lack of alternative morally derived vaccines. And so um, it, it excuses the scandal because parents are angry that there's no alternative. That doesn't excuse that. Number four, the upright intentions of the parents and their concern for their children's health. I don't see that as being upright. I, I don't see any of Father's points being legitimate. Uh, dear Father, if this podcast or this message gets to you, um, I ask your forgiveness for any harm this may bring to you or the National Catholic Bioethics Center. I am not a moral theologian, I am not a part of the magisterium. Uh, I am not an expert on anything uh, bioethic and not on vaccines, but I do not understand uh, how you, what you're pointing out is moral. I do not understand how what you're pointing out justifies the use of aborted baby stem cells or parts. I just don't understand that. Point three, he said, father says, the upright intentions, um, oh no, point three is this, uh, which is what Karen wrote in about yesterday, because vaccinations are critical to preventing every serious life-threatening disaster and to safeguarding large segments of the population from catacly- cataclysmic cataclysmic outbreaks and epidemics. I don't agree. I don't agree we do evil that moral may come. Even though we're not doing the evil, we're perpetrating it by benefiting from it, either in health or so if we shouldn't benefit it in our own health, the life of our child, why shouldn't pharmaceutical companies benefit? We'll be right back.
2: As a listener-supported Catholic lay apostolate, The Station of the Cross relies on the generosity of listeners like you to help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Please let us know if recent changes have been made to your payment information so that we can better serve you as you continue to bless us with your financial support. Update your information today at thestationofthecross.com or by calling 1-877-888-6279, extension 104. This is Father Jacek Mazur. Please join me in a prayer to St. Lawrence. O glorious St. Lawrence, martyr and deacon, who, being subjected to the most bitter torments, did not lose your faith nor your constancy in confessing Jesus Christ, obtain in like manner for us such an active and solid faith that we shall never be ashamed to be true followers of Jesus Christ and fervent Christians in word and in deed.
3: Amen.
1: Um, I talked so long before the break we didn't have a chance to give you the number, but the the announcer did. Let me repeat it. You're welcome to call in with anything at all on your heart. It, it never needs to be what we're speaking about. The matter of the heart, um, uh, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. So call in or text if you wish, toll free one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at the station of the cross. We have a question from Katie, from Facebook, actually. Katie says, Why does it say in the Gospel regarding St. Joseph that he knew her not, that's Mary, of course, he knew her not till she brought forth her firstborn son? Um, Katie says, I believe totally in the Immaculate Conception and Mary's perpetual virginity, though this excerpt suggests otherwise any comments. Yes, dear Katie, of course. And let me just clarify for those who don't uh, understand, the Immaculate Conception of Mary does not have to do with the birth of Christ, but Mary's birth, that she was conceived without sin in her mother's womb, that she was conceived immaculately without sin, and of course, the perpetual virginity of Mary says that, um, uh, following the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, she had no children. And in the Gospel of Matthew, where it says that Joseph knew her not, uh, until she brought forth her firstborn son, does not mean that she had, that, she, that Joseph knew her, uh, that had intimate relations with her after Jesus was born. In, in our day, uh, we use the word until in that way, but it wasn't always used that way. Um, in the Old Testament, um, Michal, uh King David's wife, uh, mocked him for dancing joyfully uh, when they had the um, the tabernacle. And she thought he made a fool of himself and she mocked him. And um, the scriptures say that because of that, Michal... Uh, was barren until the day she died, which means she had no children until the day she died. Well, she certainly didn't have children after the day she died. You see i mean that's a very obvious use of until it meant it means until then, but it doesn't mean after it can mean after in some circumstances, but it does not mean after in the death of Mikkel, and it certainly does not mean after. In the birth of our Lord for Mary, she remained a perpetual virgin, virgin, and she remained a virgin during the birth of her son. She was ever virgin, always a virgin. I hope that helps you, dear Katie. Uh, we have a call from Christian. Uh, Kristen, hi, my friend in Los Angeles.
3: Yes, Mother, can you hear me okay? or should I
1: I hear, you, I hear you loud and clear. You're wonderful.
3: Okay, I just wanted to point out that your remark about participation is certainly a start. For example, if I wanted to decorate my um, my room with the lampshade made from the skin of a Jew that had been... Uh, oh, help! what a, what a
1: comparison, but it's, it's fitting, you're right. Mm-hmm.
3: But the cells, I'm not. I'm not in any way putting the cells into the bodies of my children now. Moving on from that participation. Um,
1: no, about- no, 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 Kristen, hold on, slow down. You're not putting the cells into the bottom of your children, but what? But I'm
3: participating you- by, buying the the shade,
1: by buying the yes, lampshade. Yes, by buying the lampshade. By buying the Okay, shade if you and know decorating. that information, yes, I just didn't get your conclusion. I wanted to make it sure that it was clear. Go ahead, okay. dear.
3: But then, the parents i 've spoken to in little reading i 've done um, the problem with the lack of informed consent is that even the scientists don 't know what kind of cells they 're using are these the not, not only is the abortion a grave evil, but you have very sick children, possibly uh, these are cells from children that had AIDS, any number of things, so we don 't even know scientifically what. The matter is, and then you have it from a source that is intrinsically evil. Yes. And mm-hmm. so, what are we doing? Um, and then the parents I've spoken to don't want these uh, vaccines in their children because uh, they were um, not only is there a question about the aborted cells, but these these cells are known to be toxic and they cause death. And so, they don't want to risk that with their children. Now, you know, to go back, back in the day, years, 60-some years ago, I, my parents gave informed consent at Walter Reed for my experimental use as a child of the new rubella um, vaccine. But we knew fully My father was a scientist. He was working there. We knew fully where all of this was coming from and what they were doing with it. And that was the end of it. Now, my use way back in the 50s, you know, of that particular experimental rubella vaccine is far different in in my own knowledge from what later on children were given as well, because they got sick or they got um they never got certain i i never, I never got german measles right Kristen, and let no me let how, me how uh, how much i was ex- let me uh, let me interrupt you.
1: got it okay, okay let me let me uh interrupt you right now um because and most of us have had vaccine, vaccines and i never knew where they came from we, i was vaccinated as a child mm-hmm. but i'm going to stop you now because uh you you will raise more questions by saying that your parents yes. <laughs> consented to. So I don't even uh, that that that's a whole other subject. And I would say, well, why on earth did your parents do that? But I don't want to go into that now. We have so many emails and people waiting, my dear one. But your call is very helpful as always, Kristen. God bless you, my friend. Right,
3: mother. Yeah, one other question, mother.
1: Yes. Go um, ahead.
3: When I said my when I said my parents consented, they knew there was no question that these were from uh, not from aborted children. It was oh, not well, even- the, okay, I'm glad you clarified
1: that. Uh, very yes. good. Okay, that's the issue. okay, very good. God bless you. Thanks. Knew, I wouldn't have been able to sleep my- tonight if you didn't clarify that. okay.
3: No, 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 no. my my father was a scientist, and he was giving consent as a scientist because he knew the the full, you okay. know okay gotcha issue involved okay uh, and, my, Kristen, and my, my yeah My the, th- the point is that that vaccine was very different from what is given out you know universally even after and you're I saying
1: that it was effective for you and it didn't come from aborted baby parts it yes. was
3: more effective than the vaccines they give now because I never even got German measles yeah. even though my mother tried to expose me
1: yeah isn't that amazing alright my dear one yeah. there's the music for our second break I love you Kristen thanks for calling in you you're always uh, help bye us bye. god bless you dear one there's the break beloved uh call in our lines are wide open with anything on your heart one or email at mother at the station of we'll be right back
0: of iCatholic Radio are raving about our app in the iTunes and Google Play stores. One user says, It's exactly what I was looking for since having a closer walk with my Lord and my God. Great app for the living Catholic. Praise God. Nancy says, This is the best app. I have become a regular listener to it. I use it every day. I also play it all night long while we sleep. Get this app and use it. It will change your life for the better. Another user recommends iCatholic Radio saying, So sweet a sound. This has allowed me to listen to Catholic Radio when I travel. What an awesome learning tool. Thank you. If you haven't reviewed iCatholic Radio yet, what are you waiting for? Visit your iTunes or Google Play store today.
1: Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Ma, the time has just flown by this morning. We need another two hours, but we do have fifteen minutes, and our phone lines are wide open. If you wish to call in uh, or text at one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three, or email at mother at thestationofthecross dot com. We have an email from Michelle, who says that she's an American Catholic living in. Uh, Orkney, Scotland. My goodness, from Scotland. Hi, Michelle. And Michelle says, Dear Mother Miriam, thank you so much for speaking such a valuable but sadly neglected by the church as a whole here in the West, sadly neglected truth, she writes, that mothers are needed by their children to be home with the children. Those of us that defy the new modern culture and stay home are treated like lazy bums. I'm reading Michelle's email here and called parasites and accused of somehow robbing the general public because we don't produce taxes. Now, therefore, beloved, I'm going to break in here. Don't you know that God said, be fruitful and multiply, but don't stay home with your children because we need your taxes. That's what, how insane is that? Michelle goes on. She says, within the church, we are accused of being radical, traditionalist, extremist. I tell you what you are. You are simply Catholic. You're not radical. You're not traditionalist. You're not extremist. You are simply Catholic. And Michelle goes on to say, I thank God. Every time a Catholic has the courage to speak the truth about this issue in public. So thank you very much. I love your show. Just discovered it today in Christ and Our Lady. Well, God bless you, Michelle, and um, uh, use your good, heroic Catholic witness to turn culture around where you live, but most of all to raise your children for heaven. We have an email from Patricia who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I totally agree with you on Catholic school education. Unfortunately, due to rising educational cost, an issue with the priest, I think she's talking in general, one cannot afford or believe priests have been removed. It is heartbreaking to see enrollment decline. It's a little bit of a mixed-up sentence, but I think we get her gist of it. She says, also, since homosexuality has been accepted in most communities, we see an increase of this group teaching our children. I'm going to interrupt there to say, if you are a Catholic school and you hire a homosexual individual man or woman, lesbian, homosexual, transgender, you hire someone to teach your children, you are no longer a Catholic school, and you are destroying those children. And you say, yeah, but they're such kind, you know, the, the man we hired is wonderful, his personality, he's so loving, he's so attentive, the children love him, he's fun, um, and he teaches them science, got nothing to do with it. wrong, wrong. We teach more with our lives than we will ever teach a subject. Children learn a subject if they love the teacher. They want to imitate the teacher. Um, uh, You teach with your life, and if you put a homosexual individual to teach in your school, you are in sin, you can be the principal, you could be the administrator, you could be the head of a department. You are in sin because you're bringing sin into the school, and you are corrupting the children because they 're going to say the homosexual teachers are we love them they 're so they 're so fun they 're this they 're that and and they 're not going to see anything wrong with the practice of homosexual because all of a sudden we 're not loving, so no it 's very, very serious. And Patricia says, um, we need to keep in mind this group uh, is radical and are teaching liberalism in the Catholic schools. Most people that still teach Christian values are homeschooling. As a product of my siblings, I agree with you only as a product of my siblings. My siblings and I, I agree with you Only if we can stop the acceptable of all in Catholic education. Very difficult um, uh, English here. Um, As a product, I agree with you. My siblings and I probably agree with you. Um, But we need to stop uh, the acceptability of homosexuality in Catholic education. Well, it doesn't belong in Catholic education. If it's approved, it's approved by people who are not Catholic, whether they claim to be or not. Um, And she says, also many in my area and pretty much most communities, um, um, they're having trouble with our Holy Father and um, we understand that. Um, And she ends by saying, I would love to hear from you on how we may be able to accomplish your goal. God bless. Well, it's not my goal. It's God's um, design. It's only my my goal or to help people toward raising their children at home because it's God's design. It's not uh, my preference or what I've made up. It's what God has given us to do. Um he has given the parents the vocation of raising their children. The mother is to be at home and the father is to be the breadwinner, but he's not to be divorced from raising the children at home. Uh, he's to be the head of the home who brings his family together to read them about the faith, to instruct them to pray. Um, and so um, you would like to hear from me on how we may be able to get there. I tell you what, uh, I, I don't know any other way but by speaking the truth and helping people with choices to let them know that whatever the consequence will be of your quitting your job and being home. God has given you one vocation and is to raise your child from he- to, for heaven, not to send them to college, not to buy them bicycles, not to get them iPhones, not to get them fashionable clothes. If you have the grace of having the money to do those things, there's nothing wrong with it. But if you, uh, your perspective is having money to give them those things um, uh, versus your being home to raise them in love and morally and help them feel a sense of connection and wholeness and self-worth, you are... You are giving your children away to evil and to the world. So the only way we can get there is by encouraging one another, as the scriptures say, to love and good works. And I invited you yesterday and I will invite anybody any day. I know we run out of time, but we're on for for, uh, an hour each day. um, Mother Miriam live and. During the entire second hour, we take your calls and questions and get to as many as you can. And once in a while, when there, when there's too many that we can't get to, um, I don't even teach for the first half hour or speak. We just take calls the whole hour to catch up. So if you uh, have a situation in your home where you cannot go home to teach your children, I invite you to call in. I may not have a solution for you. It may be a suffering, but... I would, I would very much like to see if we could add some thoughts that, to the pot that maybe you haven't had. Um, so um, I, I invite anyone to call in if they think they have a solution to help people or if they need a solution. Uh, let's do this together and live our faith and save our children, our families, which is to save the church. And to honor God. We have an email from Sean who writes I am a 47 year old female who is experiencing perimenopause. It's difficult for me daily to live as a Christian because of the constant confusion, thoughts, and mood swings, etc. I always feel that I'm fighting a battle. I am wondering if this hormonal roller coaster is also of the devil. Is this spiritual warfare? She says, "Yes, I am a Christian and have been baptized almost nine years ago." If the question arises, thank you so much. Well, uh, Sean, you say you're a Christian, but I, I I would ask further if you're a Catholic Christian, because as a Catholic. You have the benefits of the sacraments, which non-Catholic Christians do not have. You have baptism, which they have, but you would also have the Eucharist, which God can heal you through, the daily Eucharist and and frequent confession, and you can get an anointing of the sick from the priest, even though you're not on your deathbed. That anointing is not strictly for people on their deathbed. Uh, and that priest has the power of exorcism as well, and so uh, if you 're not a Catholic Christian you 're not availing yourself of what God has. I would not conclude that you're uh, that it 's demonic because our hormones can um, really play havoc with us. But I do want to tell you if you 're not a Catholic Christian, you are not availing yourself of the means God has given us for healing. Uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. Um, the other suggestion, dear Sean, I would have for you, if you have not done this, is to see a good nutritionist. And your diet, certain vitamins, can really help you, uh, can truly, truly help you. So those would be my, my two suggestions for you. Um, God bless you, dear one. And you. Um, uh, Go make an appointment with a nutritionist and go talk to a priest. Okay. We have an email from someone who writes it anonymously and uh, says, Dear Mother Miriam, a doctor recommended that I take a natural family planning class because my husband and I have been having trouble conceiving a child. The class was one on class was one on one with the instructor And she is very sincere and compassionate about what she does. She even goes to high schools to teach young women about natural family planning. She informed me that she has been charting her cycle for nine years. I was curious to why she would do that for so long. So I asked her why she has been charting for so long. Aside from the positive health benefits that natural family planning provides, she informed me that she and her husband wanted to first wait to get finances in order and that they wanted certain years apart for each child. Although it sounded nice, it does not sound nice, it sounds sinful to me. Although it sounded nice, it also sounded not right it is not right and every time she would say avoid pregnancy in describing the reasons you can use NFP natural family planning i would cringe and sigh it saddened me deeply that NFP seems to be used as a catholic birth as catholic birth control and that this is what is being taught in NFP classes. I'm going to go on with your email, but so far you are 100% right. NFP is not intended to be Catholic birth control. Um, uh, it, it, it's what they're doing is sinful. And if they did that on the night of their wedding, their marriage is not consummated. Um, She says, I also know a young lady who teaches NFP couples prior, though NFP classes for the diocese. And I believe that this is also a way she teaches young couples prior to marriage. I believe these women have the best intentions in their hearts, but it just not seem to be right to me. I think if they had the best intentions in their hearts, they would get further educated. They are not educated and they have no right to be teaching. They do not understand The church's use of NFP, God's giving the possibility of NFP, of regulating our bodies. She says, how can I explain or describe that we as Catholics should never plan our families or use NFP as birth control? Or do I have a biased opinion? No, you're right, because I desperately want another child. How I wish that someone would have explained that birth control is evil prior to my marriage. I wanted, I wasted 11 years of my marriage being selfish and yet thinking I was a good Catholic. Thank you with all my heart. Well, dear one who wrote this, you're in the place, unfortunately, of many Catholic uh, women who are ignorant and whose priests have lied to them and deceived them. Everything you say is 100% right. Catholics are to be open to life, not to wait to have children, not to wait to save up money for a house, not to space their children. Zero. Um, The only reason for uh, natural planning to enter in, to regulate your cycles and refrain from marital intimacy during your fertile periods, fertile times, is is if you are in dire need medically, psychologically, maybe financially, it needs to be a very grave need for you to space your children. Okay, God bless you, and we'll speak with you all tomorrow.